Welcome to the Green Feed Podcast. I'm your host, Robert, and we got a fun episode this week. He think he applying that pressure. But dog, I ain't blinking, ain't flexing. I'm holding my pose and I'm twirling my stick. Okay, so this week's show is going to be something a little different. With no major releases this week, I decided to give you guys an update on what's in my bag, what I'm playing for 2021, and tell you why I play what I play. When it come to that twirl, dog, it ain't many that touch me. All right, so let's start with how we always do with bourbon of the week. This week, we are sipping on some Colonel E.H. Taylor small batch, a nice, solid Buffalo Trace offering. When I first got into bourbon, it was easy to find, but it's getting harder to find now. I always thought the packaging was really cool. It comes in a cool little, like, um, vase-looking thing. Um it's in a wine bottle almost looking. It's, it, it always looks so fancy to me, and I always wanted to get some, but I could never really afford it at the time. But um, now I can. I've gotten a, my career's progressed a little bit. I can get the fancy bourbon even when it's hard to find. So that's always a positive. If you can get your hands on it, it's definitely worth that retail price. All right, so I hope you have a drink poured for yourself, or maybe you're even headed out to the course. Either way, let's get into it. I, like I said earlier, it's a little light on releases this week, so I decided to give you guys my what's in the bag. I hope you guys find it interesting for a couple of reasons. It's also good for you guys to know what clubs other clubs are going to go up against when I'm doing testing things like that for you guys. So the first thing we want to start off with is we're going to start off with the bag and the golf ball. Now the bag is a Sun Mountain 4.5 LS. What I will say is I was using a Jones bag, but it just wasn't big enough in the club section. The clubs were getting all twisted down in there, and it just kind of killed the look of the bag for me. Now, I do love the way the Jones looked, and it's a very high-quality bag, but it just wasn't very functional for me. Now, this jo- this uh, Sun Mountain isn't anything too special. Um, it's really nice. It's a solid black bag, so it's black with some with some gray lettering on it, things like that. It's got enough pockets and it isn't too heavy. The quality is superb. Sun Mountain is one of the best brands for a golf bag that you can imagine. There's no uh, golf company on it, so I don't have to worry about like carrying a ping bag and not carrying any pink clubs and looking kind of weird that way. So you don't have to worry about that. Sun Mountain, top-notch gear there. Now for the golf ball, I've said this before on the podcast, but I'll pretty much play any urethane golf ball that I can get my hands on. This year, though, I got my hands on some Kirkland, Perform- Kirkland Performance Plus golf balls. This isn't the original casing that everybody loved to rave about. These are a little bit different, but I'll tell you what. I actually really enjoy these golf balls. I got a great deal on them, and so I decided to give them a go, and I haven't seen any crazy performance that I was not happy with, if that makes sense. Now, for the price, like I said, that performance is great. Now, I will be honest, I do prefer a Pro V1 and a Tour Speed more, but for the price of four dozen of these Kirklands, you get one dozen of the Pro V1. And that just doesn't seem like a very good value to me. Um, the performance isn't four times as good with the Pro V1. The consistency may be better, things of that nature. But I just can't, I, I can't fathom paying $45 a dozen for a golf ball when I can get these 
performance plus ones at a really good price. So I'm going to go ahead and use that golf ball this year. That's not to say I won't use other golf balls, but I will be primarily using that Kirkland performance. If I start to notice any kind of performance issues when I look at my Arcos data, I will uh, I'll obviously make some changes. But first couple of rounds with the Kirkland, I haven't seen any major problems. It's checking on greens like I expected to. And so I'm kind of going with that this year. All right, so we got golf ball, golf bag out of the way. Let's start at the bottom of the bag, and we're going to work our way up. But we're going to save putter for almost last because that's kind of an interesting story. All right, now at the bottom of the bag, I upgraded this year to the Cleveland RTX Zipcore. Last year, I was playing the RTX 3. So I had the um, RTX 3 in a black finish, and I was playing the 54 and the 58. Um, this year, I'll be playing the 54 and the 58 as well. Now, the reason why I play 54 and the 58 is when I was working at a top, at a top 100 club fitter, um, Swanson Golf Center uh, down in Houston, one of the fitters, he's... A guy I learned a lot from said, if you can't hit the 60-degree wedge 60 yards, you don't need it in your bag. I got on track, man, and I was going 62, 63, but that really stuck with me for some reason. I don't know why, but it really it really stuck with me. And I'll be honest, I've played a 58-54 combo ever since. Both, have 10, both of these wedges this year have 10 degrees of bounce, which is Cleveland's mid-bounce option. Now... I probably could have gone with a low bounce on the 58 just because I use it mainly for greenside and don't use it on full shots. And low bounce here in Texas is probably a little bit better for me. But I just decided with the with the mid bounce that I kind of wanted a little bit more in case I wanted to hit a full shot with it, something like that. Um, so I decided to get the mid in both. Like I said, I probably could go low with the 58. It probably wouldn't be a bad call to go low and mid on one while my 50 degrees a pretty high bounce wedge i'll get into that in a second now the 58 degree is actually the black finish of the rtx and the and the 54 degree is actually the chrome finish now why do i do that it actually kind of started last year i also had a wedge blank that i did grinding on myself just to kind of experiment with and play around with it and I figured out that the 54 was black and the uh, the 58 was a raw finish. And I never made a mistake of grabbing a 54 when I needed to grab a 58, grabbing the 58 when I needed to grab the 54. I actually liked having those two finishes on there. So I decided to do that this year with the RTX zip cores as well. It's it's going to be pretty nice to be out on the course and know that when I, have a, when I look down at a black golf club, I'm definitely looking at my 58-degree wedge. So that's pretty sweet. Now, as far as shafts go in those wedges, these actually have the UST Mamiya Wedge Proto F4. Now, most people say they don't want graphite in a wedge because of the weight, right? They lose sight of where the head is, things like that. But these are 125 grams, and they match the weight of most stock steel uh, wedge shafts on the market. They play a little bit softer since they are a wedge shaft, and you don't really go after them as hard. And so they, they play a little bit softer than a regular F4, but I, I love these shafts. These actually were in the RTX 3, and I actually had them pulled and put into the zip core. So I uh, definitely want to give those a go. Another cool thing about them is they are custom white shaft with red lettering for my Houston Cougars. Um, I was actually telling this story the other day. Um, I wanted a red shaft. I wanted red shafts with white lettering. And the guy who, who does the painting it, 
at uh, at UST, uh, David actually came out and he was like, "Dude, you're not gonna want this red. You're not gonna want this red." And this guy's been painting golf shafts for for years. And I was like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "It's gonna be too bright." And I was like, "Just do me up a prototype." When we took an old shaft, he did it up, and let me tell you, that red was the brightest red I had ever seen in my life. And I was like, "Ho ho! I cannot have a golf shaft look like this." So we actually went with a flat white, a matte white with some red lettering, and it looks really really cool now the shafts are also a quarter inch short now you'll see later that i played my irons even shorter but when i tried the wedges at the same length as the irons they were just too short if i cut them down the same amount that i cut down the irons they were just too short i was hunched over and i just i just didn't like it so we did cut them a little bit short but overall they are a quarter inch short now on my irons you'll see that i played my um I tend to play my my irons a little bit flat. We'll go over that here in a minute. But my wedges actually play standard because what I found, as I've, as I've talked about in the past, lie boards will tell you one thing, but you really want to focus on ball flight when you're fitting for lie. And I noticed with my wedges, I tend to flare them out right. Um, I leave the face open a little bit, and they just kind of flare out right. So if I were to flatten that lie angle, what am I doing even more? I'm going to start the ball even further right with that flare out to the right and we're just going to have some problems there so um and i and i found that i i didn't like them when they were a little bit flat when i was opening up the wedge things like that so i actually played them at the standard lie angle so that's the 58 and the 54 now my gap wedge is kind of a special case here i uh, you would think that the gap wedge would either match the irons or it would match my wedges but mine absolutely does not my my gap wedge is 50 degrees, and it's actually a Cleveland CBX. You guys may remember me talking about the Cleveland CBX before. The Cleveland CBX is a big, huge game improvement wedge, right? It's got a cavity back. It is um, not something you would think that a lot of people would play in a in a gap wedge, but there's there's a there's a there's a there's a story to this one as well. So for the longest time, I played an old Callaway Big Bertha wedge that was my father-in-law's before he passed away. Had a ton of offset, had a ton of bounce, and was generally not very wedge-like. It looked just like the irons that it came from. There was no opening it up. There was nothing like that. But my first shot with it, I stuck it to about five feet. Then my next shot, I chipped in with it. I, I decided to chip it out. Um, had a little bit of distance between me and the hole. I wanted to hit that putt chip where it kind of rolls out, get something. You'll see people do it with a pitching wedge, an eight, a nine iron. Sometimes I I don't go higher than the fifty when I do that, but I did it and I and I and I chipped in with it. So ever since I've had that big cavity back gap wedge, I love using it on full swings. My first round, it was like my first or my second round. I got made fun of a ton at UST when I got this wedge. The guys were giving me a hard time. Um, and I looked down at it and I said, all right, CBX, you, I got made fun of a lot for you, but I got you for this 115-yard shot over the bunker, tight pin, show me what you got. I hit it and I dunked it in the bunker. And I was like, really? Really, this is what we're going to do right now? But then next hole, got up, hit a beautiful shot with it. Everything went great. So um, it's been in the bag ever since. I may upgrade to a CBX2 this year. Um, but I just like this one a lot. It looks nice to my eye. The chrome finish just looks good. It's kind of that that um, bead blasted chrome, the tour satin that they call it. And I actually kind of like it as well. It's also got the uh, white and red shaft combo as well. 
And this one actually does play one degree flat since I don't flare it out as far right. So you'll see a little bit of a, of a progression with my lie angles as we kind of get going here. Now for the irons this year, I haven't made a change from last year. So the wedges changed, the golf ball changed, golf bag stayed the same, gap wedge stayed the same. But the irons, I'm also not changing this year. It's a combo Strix iron set, and it is firmly planted in the bag. Um, we may look next year just because they're kind of getting long in the tooth. They're about four years old, um, and they will be um, next year. They'll be about four years old, and they will just um, they don't show any wear or anything like that. But I want to see some of the other technology out there. Now, I did test a bunch of options, and none provided enough improvement to warrant a change. Right, I really like the Mizunos this year. I was a big fan of the Mizuno uh, lineup, the the new Hot Metal lineup and the JPX lineup. A big fan of those, but they just it didn't provide enough to to fork out the money for it. So I just I just didn't honestly. But uh, the five six seven irons are the five six fives, the Strixon five sixty fives, and the eight nine and pitching wedge are the seven sixty fives. So the five sixty fives are going to give me a little bit more. Launch ball speed, things like that. They're a little bit easier to hit. They're more of a game improvement iron. And the 8-9 pitching wedge are going to be the classic player's cavity back, right? Not a very deep cavity, but provides a little bit of forgiveness, but at the same time, not going to um, do anything too crazy. They're not going to spin a ton, anything like that. With the 8-9 pitching wedge, you want them to go a consistent distance every time. So we went with the 765s on that. Why did I keep them? Honestly, the look from the address position is just so good. It's it's damn near perfect, if I'm being honest. I I look at other irons, and I'm like, wow, these look good, but I kind of like my Strixons more. The way the 5.6.7 blends in with the 8.9 pitching wedge is, is perfect. You can definitely tell that they're a little bit chunkier, but they're not anything too crazy. They don't look way fatter, right? If I were to go and I were to grab a P790 and then try to go down to the... Uh, the cavity, the player's cavity back tailor made. You can definitely tell a big difference. You actually can't see that with these tricks on. So, uh, big, big plus there. Also, the feel of these clubs is unmatched. Um, you can find some Mizunos that maybe feel better, but these tricks ons are perfect. I, I love the way that they feel. And the other thing I like about them, honestly, is the consistency. We talk about how I, I've talked about before. About with irons, you want to know what the ball is going to do when you put a good swing on it. And with these, I have that dialed in. I can tell you exactly what the ball is going to do and how far it will go as soon as I make contact with it. Half the time on the range, I don't even need to watch the ball land. I'll hit it and I'll go, that's left. That's right. That's high. That's low. Thinned it. Caught it chunky. I, I know what it's going to do. I can go, that's 15 yards left. That's not even close. Oh, that's a good ball right there. I just know exactly what's going on with these. Now, all of these irons are equipped with the UST Mamiya Recoil 95 Prototype F4 shafts. So, these are also white with the red lettering. So, I got that kind of cool special treatment. But, um, I got to tell you something. I know that I worked for UST, so I may graphite golf shaft homer and i've been playing with them for the last three years and the argument will become no good players use graphite shafts but honestly those guys on tour aren't using those uh using graphite shafts because they um they're just so used to using the steel shafts that's 
and they and they really like that feedback. But if you if you're scared of graphite or think it's only for old men, you're missing out. To be frank, um, I get the additional club head speed of the lighter weight using a 95 gram shaft while maintaining a nice feel. So something about graphite is some a benefit graphite has over steel is the fact that you can do almost any bend profile with a graphite shaft. Whereas with steel, you can only do a couple of things, right? It's steel. It's a it's a rolled steel tube. Gra graphite iron shafts, you can put more graphite in one area. You can use a different type of graphite in this area, a different type of carbon fiber. You can use a stiffer carbon fiber, a lighter carbon fiber. You can put smack wrap in the handle to make it feel uh, softer like, uh, like UST does. You can interweave it with with steel, like um, like steel fiber does. You can do all types of cool stuff with graphite that you can't do with steel. Another argument that I always hear is I swing too fast for graphite, and that's ridiculous because the club you swing the fastest, right? Your driver, everyone swings driver the fastest than they do every other club. Is what kind of shaft? It's graphite. You it can handle you. You're not, you don't swing it too hard for a graphite shaft in your driver. So why do you suddenly swing it too hard with an iron? You swing your driver 10 to 15, in some cases, even 20 miles an hour more than you do your irons. But the iron shafts are too weak for you to, to handle? Come on now. Don't play me, fool. I'm not, I'm not an idiot. I, I was born at night. I was, what is it? What's the saying? I was born at night, but not last night, I think is what the saying is. Yeah. I was born. I was born at night. I wasn't born last night. You can you can do it. All right. You can play graphite. You get that lighter weight, so you're going to increase your swing speed, which we all want, and you're going to maintain that nice feel. They don't feel like noodles at all. These 95 Protile F prototype F5s or F4s do not feel like a noodle. I've hit every golf shaft there is out there, and let me tell you, these feel as stable as anything else on the market. And that's I'm not just saying that. For UST, I'd say that about steel fiber. I think steel fiber feels great. I think the um, Acras, their iron shafts feel good. I mean, every graphite iron, every graphite shaft company is coming out with an iron shaft. You trust them in your woods. Why would you not trust them in your in your irons? They can make them as stiff as you need them. Now, I. I'll also say if you don't like graphite, you've probably been trying the wrong graphite shaft, right? Maybe you are a high swing speed player and you're going out there trying to hit a, a 760 recoil smack wrap and it feels like a noodle to you and you're playing it at an F4. Yeah, it's 65 grams. But let me tell you, grab a recoil prototype 95 and you'll, you'll see what firm graphite feels like. Trust me. Now, I play these irons half an inch short, right? I said my wedges, I play a quarter inch short. I play these a half inch short. With these, I can go a full half inch short. I'm a shorter guy, right? I'm 5'7", but my wingspan is actually like 5'10". When I was working for an NFL team, I was an intern, and we had a... The team I worked for had the number one overall pick, okay? And uh, we decided to do an intern combine. And so we actually sat in intern corner and we were doing the measurements they take of you at the at the NFL draft, right? Measured hand size, we measured um, height, weight, 
um, arm span. We did all that kind of, or wingspan. We did all that kind of stuff. And so I'm a shorter guy, right? I measured at 5'7", but my arms actually measure out to 5'9", 5'10". Uh, depends on how I stretch. So I'm a shorter guy with longer arms, so I needed to do the half-inch short for sure. And also, because of those longer arms, my arms hang down a little bit further. Um, and so everything, all the irons from 5 down to 5 iron to pitching wedge are all 2 degrees flat. Um, they're Okay, I take that back. They're all pretty close to two degrees flat. I actually hit my long irons a little bit more of a fade. I get a little steeper with them. Um, and most people do with longer clubs. So they are actually a little bit more upright than the, than the other clubs. Progressively, we get flatter and flatter till about the pitching wedge is about two, two and a half degrees flat. The reason for that, like I said, is if I get it too flat with the longer irons, I'm going to hit that cut even more. And so... I want them to be a little bit more upright, so we start that ball a little bit more left, and it can kind of fade in there. All right, so now when it comes to the four iron, I do have a Shrixon driving iron with those really cool white with red letter recoils, uh, but I tend to find myself using my Callaway XR hybrid a little bit more often. It It's honestly just a point-and-shoot club for me. I mean, I have to aim a little bit a little bit right because it is a little upright and it is a little offset. So um, I do I do pull it a little bit, but um, if I if I just aim out to the right, it's it's gonna it's pretty point and shoot. Now it's at twenty three degrees, so my five iron is at twenty seven degrees. This is at twenty three, and it fits the gapping exactly like I needed it to. Right, I needed something to go about 200, 205, somewhere in there, and this one. It's like 202. It, it's exactly what I needed to do. Exact, it, it fit the bag perfectly. I bought it on a whim at a local shop, and I figured if I didn't like it, I could resell it, at least for the price I paid for it. So it was going to be no loss. Or I could take it back, get, you know, I paid $30 for it, get $25 in, in credit for it, $20, bucks, even $15, give me a, some golf ball, something like that. I wasn't losing out for the test. Ended up loving it, and it... It just has the plain old Project X SD shaft that came in it. So the original Callaway XR stock shaft that that came in that club is currently in the club, and I love it. It feels, feels really nice. Now from 23 degrees, I moved up to a 19 degree. This one is always a hybrid. Like I said in the 4-iron, the Shrixon driving iron could make an appearance. But really, um, the 19 degree is, is strictly a hybrid, and that's the Shrixon uh h65 head um yet again Shrixon makes another appearance i'm a huge Shrixon fan i love their products i love the way they feel i love the way they look um this one is also a point and shoot for me i know it's going to go about 215 every single time i hit it um it's it's just that club for me i can move this one either way when i need to so if i really need to draw it I have no problem drawing this club. If I need to hit a cut with it, I have no problem doing that. It's a trusty club that I am pretty sure will not get replaced anytime soon. It also helps. It's also got the white and red recoil shaft in it. Um, pretty cool to have your own one-of-one -one set of shafts. And so um, I, I love 
kind of having that. It, it sparks up conversation with people. Sometimes they are curious about what shafts I'm playing in my clubs, and it's a it's a fun conversation starter for for me. All right, so now we move on to the three wood, which is the TaylorMade M5. Now, there's kind of a funny story about this one. So I had a TaylorMade M5 rocket, which was the 14 degree, and I decided to get rid of it. I went from bombing it. I mean, I was hitting bombs with this thing. I was crushing it. And then all of a sudden, I started top it, and I was chunking it, and then I would top it, and I would chunk it. And I, I ended up not using it anymore. I just, I never used it. It just sat in the bag. And it was kind of at that point that I was like, well, I'm probably going to miss hit this three wood. So I might as well take driver or I'll take 19 degree hybrid. I'm not playing this, this, uh, this three wood here. And I tried lofting it up, right? It's got the, it's got the adjustable head. So I tried lofting it up, changing the loft, doing all that. And I just couldn't get anything done with it. And so I moved on to a Tour Edge CBX, right? Very highly rated club, a club that I was a big fan of for the longest time. And the fact that I could get my hands on one uh, was pretty exciting. And so I decided to take it out there and I'll be damned if I didn't have very little success with it as well. But I was struggling with that one and I was struggling with the M5 and I had gotten rid of the M5, right? I, I traded it in towards the CBX, and then the CBX didn't work. And so what did I do? I I realized I had to sit down and realize that it was the golfer, not the club. So I decided to go back and find an M5. Now, I found one, and let me tell you, we're back in love. I'm crushing this thing again. This time, though, I did go with a different shaft. So I moved away from the UST Tour V2, or the V2 Tour. Um, and decided to go with just the stock Tensai, red, orange, whichever one came in it. Um, I want to say it's an orange, but it's got that reddish tint to it that came in it. It seemed, I, I, I'm launching it well, I'm hitting it incredibly, and I'm getting great distance with it. Just last night, um, we had a little bit of a pull with it, but it still went about 235, 240 off the deck. I just crushed it, and it the sound of it is just perfect. I love everything about it. So, um, yeah, we decided to uh, decided to go back to the uh, to the M5. All right, now before we get to the driver, let's talk putter. Now, anyone who's listened to this podcast or has played golf with me knows putting has always been a struggle for me. I, I've I've tried a bunch of different putters. I've gone through the gamut, and I just I'm not very good at it. Um, my Arcos data says otherwise, but it just, I'm never confident over the ball. My stroke is shaky. Um, and so it's always been a struggle to find a putter. Now, I did find a Betonardi that I liked a lot. And my wife and I actually took a trip to Chicago. And my wife let me take my Betonardi with me. And we went in to headquarters and they retrofit me for it. So we found the right length, loft lie, everything on it was great. Um, and I'll tell you what, I loved it. Um, it feels great. Love the way it looks. It's a mallet head. And, and, and so I didn't have any issues with it, but then I got the opportunity to live out. I don't want to say a dream, right? Cause it's pretty lame to have this, but I, I call it a golf club dream. And that was to get custom fit for an Adele putter. Ever since I worked at Swanson golf center, I wanted an Adele putter. 
they they had the fitting system there and it was just a really cool concept they fit you length um and they make sure you're aimed perfectly right so they fit you for length lie loft um counterweight in the butt end anything you can think of when it comes to the putter head shape um lines the alignments on the crown so you can go with a dot you can go with lines uh in the flange head shape all that kind of stuff there's a lot of science behind it and it was something that i respected a ton so i always wanted to get custom fit for one and i had i, I had the opportunity to do it and i i loved the putter right it's a it's a beautiful blade shape it's a it's the black finish so it's just stealthy looking it's got the perfect alignment aids for me perfect weight everything is great on it but i i've started to lose my ability to i don't know what happened i don't know if it's stroke i don't know if it uh, uh really what it is but i was losing distance control with it i just didn't feel like i was hitting it solid and so i decided i wanted a mallet right i had this beautiful blade putter but i i just i wanted a mallet now like i said that adele adele is fit perfectly but it just something felt off so this year i did some buying and selling of golf clubs on Facebook Marketplace, and I got enough to to get the White Hot OG number seven. And so far in the two rounds I've played with it, I'm absolutely loving it. Now, what's funny is my stats don't show that I'm putting better with it, but there's just something really nice about it that I like. Now, I'm not ready to bench the Adele, right? It's got my initials on it. It's really cool. Um... And I like the way it feels in my hand. Um, so I just, I'm not ready to put it on the bench yet. I love the putter. I love the company. It is a company I stand behind 100%. And I, I like the guys over there too. Um, when I was there to get fit down in uh, in Liberty Hill, I think, or maybe it's uh, it's right outside Austin. Um, the guys there were so nice and they were just, it was an incredible experience for me. And so I will never fully bench the Adele. It is going into the rotation this year. So this year we're going to have a rotation of the Odyssey and the Adele. Kind of whatever I'm feeling that week. I'll leave them both on the putting mat and I'll hit putts with them. And whichever one's feeling a little bit hotter at the time, whichever one I'm hitting better putts with, that's the one that I'm going to take out. Now both putters are two degrees of loft with a 68 degree lie. I wanted to make sure everything matched on the putters. So when I was doing my testing, everything matched perfectly. All right, so that leads us to the final final club, and that is the big dog. That's the driver. What is hanging out under my Shasta head cover? Shasta the Cougar head cover. Underneath there is the Ping G410+. Plus. Now, it is shafted up with a prototype UST Mamiya shaft. Now, it's kind of funny. I don't know much about this shaft. It was in my F8. Then it moved to the speed zone, and it's made its way into the ping as well. Um, when I worked there, our R&D team, they wouldn't tell me what it was. And to this day, if I reach out and ask them, no one will respond to me what it is either. Um, I, I think I know what it is um, because it does say Q-Fiber on it. So that leads me to believe that it's a link. Now... Based on the numbers that I get with it, it leads me to believe that it's a link purple, but I can't be 100% sure. Um, 
it's pretty cool. It's one of my uh, one of my cooler things in my collection. Um, when I when I left the company, it was in my club, and I didn't think about it. I don't think they thought about it. They could be knocking on my door, giving me a call next week, asking for it back. That's fine, whatever. Um, but when I left, I still had it. They didn't say anything about it. it I no one even thought anything about it. And uh, yeah, it's just kind of made its way through. So um, I do play my driver at 45 inches, so it is a little bit shorter. And I do like it at that length. In fact, I feel like I could go even shorter, but I don't want to lose too much speed and distance. I did notice that I lost probably a mile an hour club head speed, which could be about a mile of ball speed, but the consistency that I was getting is probably worth it to me. Now, I did go through a lot of testing to get to this driver over the offseason. Um Last year, I moved on from the F8 Plus to the Speed Zone, like I said. And while I did like the Speed Zone distance-wise, it just cut too much for me. I'm a guy who, when I was when I was struggling and learning how to play golf, my shot would go right pretty often. And when I struggle, my shot goes right. Uh, when I first started working at USD, I was hitting these high, weak push fades. Like, there weren't even slices. Like, I wasn't coming over the top. I just had... A wide open club face coming too far inside. Like, um, right has always been my enemy, and I just don't like it. And so, um, seeing a ball cut even a little bit with the driver just doesn't doesn't fit my eye. And so, I had to get rid of the speed zone. Um, I like to see that ball go uh, right to left, not left to right. Um, so that's. I think I said that right. Right. I like to see the ball go left to right. No, I like to see the ball go right to left, not left to right. Exactly. Um, and this offseason, I tried a tour issue Rogue. So it was the TC serial um, of the Rogue. It, it had too much spin, right? Um, and I played it with a low with a low spin shaft. It just spun a little bit too much. And then I went and I tested the Sim. I tested the Sim 2. I tested the Ping G425. I tested the Maverick. I tested the Epic Speed LS. I tried the Maverick um, uh, Sub Zero. I tried it all, and um, I tried the PXG Eight Two Eleven. I think that was it, or O Eight Eleven X. I tried the Rad Speed, and I'm gonna be honest. All of them performed pretty close. Some may have performed a little bit better. Some performed a little bit worse. Um, but when I looked at price looks and the performance of the club, the G410 won out. It was cheaper than some of the others. It performed just as well as some of the others, and I like the way it looked. Biggest knock that I had on it, though, it wasn't perfect, obviously. The biggest knock that I had on that club was the sound. But I took it to a local store. They added a few grams of hot melt, which helps uh, lower that sound, gives a little bit more of a thud sound. And since I played a little bit short, it helped raise the swing weight to a more manageable uh, weight, not something that was too light. And so I was able to kind of fix that problem. All right, so there you have it. There's my bag. I'm going to be honest, it's not the most flashy, but it gets the job done and I like it. When I begin comparing clubs and reviews, other clubs that I have in a, that aren't in my bag, you'll know what they're trying to compete with. I'm going to keep it open, honest. You guys are, are going to know what these clubs are competing with. And, uh, yeah, so that's that's kind of one of the reasons why I wanted to do this what's in the bag. Now, one other thing, I'd love to see your what's in the bag. 
We can also turn this into a game, and you can send me your what's in the bag. I'll post I'll post it on social media, and uh, I'll talk about it, and maybe try to guess your handicap or something fun like that. So uh, send it to me on all the social media platforms. You can you can find me on Facebook by searching The Green Fee. On Twitter, I am The Green Fee 1. And on Instagram, I am at The Green Fee. All right, so if you like this podcast or think it'll be useful to someone else, please rate and share it with a friend. And as always, thanks for listening and hit them straight.